of Saudi Arabia was founded after a two-year campaign to unify the areas of Hijaz and Najd. King Abdelaziz Al Saud had ruled both areas since 1927, but as two separate entities, unifying them formally under the name the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in 1932. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Balqis Basilloum, and today we're looking at Saudi Arabia's evolution from a Bedouin culture to a leading power. Marcel Kuperschuk is a Dutch author and a senior humanities research fellow at NYU Abu Dhabi. He has been researching oral narratives in Arab culture for over three decades and first came to Saudi Arabia in the 1980s. The current Saudi Arabia is the, the third, which started with uh, King Abdelaziz, known in the West as uh, Ibn Saud. So at that time, Riyadh was in the hands of another dynasty, uh, Ibn Rashid, based in the north of the country in Hayil. For about 50 years, they were the supreme power in that area. And then uh, the father of King Abdelaziz, uh, Abdul Rahman, he had... Uh, found asylum refuge in uh, Kuwait with al-Sabah. So in 1903, his son, Abdelaziz, set out for Riyadh and he reconquered the capital of his family. So then that's when uh, the current country of Saudi Arabia uh, started. The Saudi Arabia founded by King Abdelaziz was very different to the kingdom we know now. Of course, at that time, there was no oil or, or anything. Saudi Arabia was a very... A uh, poor country, but merely through tremendous skill and uh, political wisdom of King Abdelaziz, he managed to uh, hold that huge country together and to incorporate also the uh, other areas outside Najd into the system. And then, of course, in the 30s, oil was found. And uh, so after the Second World War, it became Saudi Arabia really saw a tremendous economic expansion, and especially when the oil price increased in the early 70s. Although the economic expansion of the 70s changed the lifestyle of the people of Saudi Arabia, Marcel Kuperschuk believes something still harks back to olden times. So before the country in Central Arabia, you had the Bedouin nomads who were living with camels and sheep and goats camel herding, and you had the Hadar, which are the uh, oasis dwellers. Of course, now with the economic growth and prosperity, the Bedouin life, it, it actually, it came to an end. Everyone settled down in, in villas, in towns and cities. But this mentality, it still exists and this culture still exists. Marcel's experience in the country in the 1980s was a very positive one. He believes a large part of the old culture is about hospitality. When I was in Riyadh, uh, people would park their car in the parking lot of the supermarket and not lock their cars, you know, just leave them open. You, you knew that you were absolutely safe wherever you went. And also the enormous hospitality. Of course, already in the earliest poetry from even before uh, in pre-Islamic days, Hospitality was always considered one of the most important qualities of an individual or of a tribe and something to be very proud of. Nadia Abdelwahab is a lecturer in English literature at Umm al-Qura University, the oldest university in Saudi Arabia. 
She agrees that hospitality is one of the defining characteristics of the Saudi people. We were very social. We like to uh, welcome others, uh, be generous and hospitable to them. And uh, we're very proud of our country and our culture. Nadia joined the English department at the university as a student in 1980. When asked about the recent progress and empowerment of women and girls in Saudi Arabia, Nadia says it goes back much further. If I want to talk about King Faisal, that he supported women. So that was the first phase, let's say, of empowerment of women in Saudi Arabia. Because I can tell you that the first um, female physician is Dr. Nawal Sheikh. She is a Meccan lady, and she graduated from Pakistan University. When she graduated there, he appointed her immediately as a cultural attache to take care of all the Saudi students there, male and females. For me and my generation, we did not have all of the opportunities that our daughters have them now, and even the granddaughters can have more and more. But we feel that we are honored, we are protected, we are uh, equal in, in, in a good sense, and that we are equal citizens to men. Marcel tells us about the biggest changes he has seen in the country. I don't know about the significance, but uh, of course the ones that are have most caught the public attention are, for instance, the role of women. Uh, for instance, women were not allowed to drive uh, before, and now already for a couple of years they have been they are driving cars and doing uh, as well as men in that respect or probably better, also in the job market. And so I think really huge steps has been, have been taken into uh, giving a more visible and public uh, role to, to women in education, universities, in all kinds of uh, professions. Nadia says the changes are visible, but it has been challenging for some people. I think the, the social acceptance of seeing women everywhere is, is a very helpful reason that you see Saudi women in the airports uh, welcoming from the instant a tourist comes to Saudi Arabia. His passport could be stamped by a female or every everywhere in uh, checking in in banks in all corporations in uh, in all companies as i've said earlier just a normal scene normal life like everywhere and there were times when some people in society it wasn't easy for them that they they were m- more convinced of the conventional occupation of women that they they should only have children and take care now i myself i i i love this when i do it i do it uh, out of love but uh, there are people who see it that it is compulsory for women and they should be confined to this while it's non-islamic at all marriage is like a corporation and collaboration between the two partners but now it's been changed it's uh, from what i see that it is acceptable and women work 
and have their own share in the house, but it's not their total responsibilities. I have um, a helpful husband, helpful son to his wife, and a helpful son-in-law who's sharing the responsibilities with my daughter. So it's, uh, it's amazing. Ahmed Al-Saleh, a 25-year-old Saudi student, feels the time is ripe for women's ambitions. Women started contributing in almost everything, from employment to the consultative council, which is uh, Majlis al-Shura. Everyone can join right now. Any woman, any ambitious woman that is looking for to be something that she wanted to be when she was young, she can be that person right now. Selma Ibrahim, a 27-year-old electrical engineer, thinks it is the many options women have now that is the biggest change. Women have always been part of the Saudi workforce, but now what kept changing is that we have more opportunities and new sectors are welcoming us. And when it comes to uh, female role models and leaders, we have female CEOs and we have a female ambassador And who knows, soon we will have a female minister too. But that's not the only area where Saudi Arabia has seen changes. Here is Marcel Kapershuk again. The other thing is the diversification of the uh, economy to make it less um, exclusively, solely dependent on oil and gas, uh, hydrocarbons, and increase the young people sufficient skills to compete in the world economy. In 2016, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman announced Saudi Arabia's Vision 2030, a huge economic reform plan that has set the kingdom on a course of rapid transformation that aims to diversify the Arabian Gulf's largest economy away from oil. Saudi Arabia is endeavoring to do this by posting the private sector, opening up its economy, and reducing red tape to attract foreign direct investment reducing unemployment, and rapidly modernizing the country through social and economic policy reform. In September 2019, Saudi Arabia opened itself up to tourism, offering tourist visas to 49 countries, giving visitors the chance to visit ancient cities, sandy beaches, and places of historical or religious interest. The kingdom is also becoming a destination for music and sporting events hosting Mariah Carey, David Gada, and K-pop stars BTS, as well as the heavyweight title fight between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. in 2019. It is an exciting time for the people of Saudi Arabia, especially for the younger generation. This is 25-year-old Ahmed al-Saleh again. Well, my ambitions are quite high, to be honest. But as what they always say, sky's the limit. On the other hand, As for Saudi Arabia, we are 70% youthful. 70%. That's, that's a lot, to be honest. So I think our future generations will have way better chances than what we have right now, especially that our crown prince is only 33 years old. My biggest hope for the future is to fulfill uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman's vision, uh, which is in 2030. And to be honest, it's quite exciting. Like that's what's the most exciting about our country so far is that we have a vision, we have a goal. In the next 10 years, we need to be one of the most 
modern first world countries. And so far, step by step, we're getting there in a really fast pace. For example, Riyadh right now, we are the most developed city in the world. So that's a, that's a plus for us for achieving 2030. The changes that I've seen in this country since 2015 is drastic. It may be drastic, but it's not without its challenges. Marcel Kuperschuk says education will be key to overcoming those challenges. Well, it's always difficult to predict the future. I think one of the essential things is to increase the quality of education, to really get Saudi universities at a higher ranking in the world, world rankings of universities and to become more competitive in technical and uh, IT and skilled uh, jobs, learn to stand on their own legs, so to speak, become truly uh, productive through, and that can only be done through uh, increased competitiveness. I think this is an ongoing process and it has started, but in doing so without losing their own identity and culture, of course. Saudi Arabia is keen to balance holding on to culture and identity whilst also being seen as a major player on the international stage. It will host the G20 summit in November. The Future Investment Initiative Forum has been running since 2017, an event to focus Saudi's role in the future of global investment. And in 2021, Saudi Arabia will be hosting a new initiative, LEAP, a major global tech event to put forward the kingdom as the epicenter of tech, fulfilling Vision 2030's ambition to move towards a knowledge-based economy. Nadia is excited about the future. We have a lot to offer, and this is what I try to do when I'm spending some time in Canada giving some cultural lectures about this side in Saudi Arabia, and especially about women. And um, if we come to the realistic side, we're sharing in the leadership of the whole world. And now we're hosting uh, the G20, and this is amazing. And we're doing great because the challenges that Corona have imposed on the whole world uh, put its weight on us during this time while we're preparing for the G20. But many steps uh, have been taken and many virtual uh, meetings have been done successfully with the leaders of the advanced uh, world. And it will be soon approaching in November. And the second thing is we can offer a lot during tourism because we are a gigantic country We have uh, a bit for every taste. If you like swimming and diving, we have long shores along the Arabian Gulf and the Red Sea, and we have coral reefs and fantastic areas for swimming and diving. If you like archaeology, we have different UNESCO sites like Al-Ula, Madain Saleh in the north. We have historical city in Jeddah. Uh, we have in Hail also UNESCO heritage uh, site, we, in Daraia also in Riyadh, and we have desert for this type of tourism. We have uh, so many things to offer. It's been 90 years since the founding of a new kingdom, and as Saudi eyes its centenary year in 2030, it is opening up to tourism, tech, entertainment, and investment. 
a history grounded in the tradition of Saudi hospitality, women stand alongside men towards an ambitious future full of potential for them and their country. This is Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Balqis Basalloum. Thank you to all our guests this week. If you have enjoyed the episode, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, we would really appreciate a review. This podcast was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan.